Episode 6, The New Normal. There sure are a lot of lessons to be learned during the hard times. When life hands us something that we don't plan for, our initial reaction often is to ask why. In this episode of Tell Me a Story, we'll explore how people are adjusting to stay-at-home orders, lockdowns, and the quarantines amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The popular life coach Dave Hollis said, in the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. If things go back exactly as they were, we will have missed the opportunity to take the good from this bad. That brings us to our first story. It's a survivor story. I want to introduce you to a 79-year-old man who spent 12 days on a ventilator and three weeks in the intensive care unit. He beat COVID-19's odds, and he's now looking to the future. It's memorable, but in a way, I'd like to forget it, but I can't. On March 24th, visitor Paul Greenslade was rushed by ambulance to the Straub Medical Center. The resident of the United Kingdom tested positive for COVID-19. They said, um, you were very low on oxygen, dangerously low. And then I had uh, pneumonia on top of it all. Doctors placed him in a medically induced coma and connected him to a ventilator. He was in intensive care for 15 days. It was touch and go. He didn't know what was going on and I, I just didn't think I'd ever see him again. I mean, that's what the doctors led me to believe. So it was uh, terrible. Greenslade is 79, deep in the danger zone for coronavirus patients. Eight of 10 COVID deaths in the U.S. are people 65 or older. They were either going to save me or not. And they did. Greenslade remembers coming to briefly and seeing tubes and restraints, but everything else is a blur. He was in the hospital three weeks and he was on the ventilator for 12 days. On April 17th, the ordeal finally ended. The staff at Straub lined the hallway and applauded as Greenslade was discharged. So thankful. So, so thankful to them. The Greenslades have children and grandchildren and a new appreciation for the days ahead. How do you make the most of your life? It's a big question and it's not an easy one to answer. Thankfully, he has the rest of his life to figure it out. I think he says a lot in silence when he said that the doctors said that they were going to save him and then he takes that long pause. That says a lot because the emotion just comes out in the next few words that he said and they did. They saved his life and he knows it. He told me that he was uh, really not aware of anything that was going on. In fact, uh, when he went into the hospital, he didn't know he was that sick. Uh, and it just came on really quick. He was put in a medically induced coma, and the rest is a blur. He can't tell you what was happening to him. Uh, he can only tell you what he has been told. Keep in mind that he was fresh out of the hospital when we talked to him. So he really didn't have time to 
to think about what the future is going to hold for him. But he did say this, that, that when he opens his eyes in the morning, he's thankful for a new day. And, and I think that's going to carry on for a, a good long time in his life. In our next story, I want you to meet a Kailua business owner who has great determination. That determination has kept her going in the midst of the hard time that she finds herself up against. The sign on the door of One Love Bakery and Cafe says closed, but in the kitchen, owner Shannon Walker and her brother are cooking. So you can get our luau stew or our local grass-fed beef chili. Shannon has owned her Kailua business since 2010, serving baked treats and home-style food. We started off doing cakes for friends and family, and it soon grew to health-conscious meals that there was a demand for. But like other businesses, One Love is hurting. The economic impact of coronavirus cut deep into her earnings. With the COVID, we lost over 85% of our business overnight. Shutdowns took away a school she cooked lunches for and restaurants that bought her baked goods. It was devastating because, you know, it's everything. This is everything. She's the main source of income for her family. Her husband's on the mend after an auto accident and they have three teenage children. There's five of us. It's been definitely difficult. But through that difficulty, she continues to help an organization called Key Project, the nonprofit that enabled her to establish a commercial kitchen. It only makes sense to be a part of what they do and they provide free kapuna meals for the seniors on Fridays. That breakfast brunch feeds about 125 senior citizens. She discounts the cost of cooking the meals. We wanted to keep the program going just because we love our seniors. <laughs> we love our kapuna. For now, the bakery can only take online orders for customer pickup. Shannon's thankful for that and for her family's help. And she has this to say to other struggling business owners. I would encourage them by just continuing to follow their hearts and their dreams and to believe that there's a better day tomorrow. In this story, we really didn't go into much detail about uh, what happened to her personally with her family. Um, her husband got into a, a car accident uh, three years ago, and he is still not fully recovered. And so she has become as the story said, the, pretty much the sole breadwinner for her family. And if we can imagine this, uh, she said she lost 85% of her business pretty much overnight. If I were to give you a dollar and I took 85 cents back, you'd have 15 cents to put in your pocket and survive off of. In, in essence, that's what she was doing. She is doing. But in the midst of that, she provides the, uh, the senior meals for many seniors mainly in the Kahalu'u side of Oahu, but seniors from around the island can sign up for the project too. And she does it because she started working with Key Project years ago when she wanted to establish her eatery, her bakery and, and uh, her cafe. They enabled her to uh, get the certification she needed to get a commercial kitchen. So that's how she got started. And Key Project was having trouble getting funding, and it is, it's always difficult for nonprofits to raise funding. And they're going through a challenging time right now. So she said, I didn't want to stop doing what I'm doing, so I'll discount greatly what I, what I would charge to make these meals every week, and I'll continue to do it. So she is giving out of her need, and that's amazing. 
There's certainly a new normal when it comes to education. The pandemic has seen to that. With the school shut down, we found an inspiring story. A handful of students at a North Shore high school who are giving other students the technology they need to study from home. They do it by turning old computers into new learning tools. Liam Van Asperen learned how to rebuild and repair computers at Wailua High School. He's the president of the Computer Science Club. He and his friends are good at fixing computers. We work on laptops, desktops, we've worked with two-in-ones, we even got little tablets that we got a, um, at a recycle sale. The club's work came in handy just in time for distance learning. They gave their refurbished computers to students who didn't have a computer or couldn't afford one. They gave away more than 150 computers. It's a really, really great feeling, to be honest. It's just nice. It was just, I wanted to help a kid. The computers came from donations and recycle drives, and computer science teacher David Thompson enrolled in a program called Computers for Learning that routed used computers from federal agencies to the school. This year we had hundreds. I had so many this year that I let the kids come in and go through the computers and find the best parts. The computer club's mission statement says it's changing the future of students one computer at a time. Usually we try and push them to build their own computers to try and learn, but yeah, either students just come to ask us or they go to the website and just email us. Thompson says providing students with computers is vital for learning. So the student needs a computer to be successful in a modern day high school and college. Liam will study cybersecurity at Virginia Tech and he leaves the computer club in good hands. The main like focus of the computer science club is like either build it, break it, do whatever you want with it because it's all just, it's all part of learning. The idea that they got was because when distance learning started, some of their classmates were coming to them saying, I don't have a computer, can you help me? And for the last few years, through Mr. Thompson, the computer science teacher, they have been doing this where, not in this great number though, but they have been doing this where they repair, refurbish computers, and then they give them out to students and even some teachers who don't have uh, really good functioning computers, they do that too. So it doesn't just go to the students. We have met some amazing people during this pandemic. There are a lot of bad stories that go along with the pandemic, but then on the other side, there are a lot of good stories that have come out of this situation where people have just stepped up and we have seen folks doing things that they wouldn't normally have done because they're doing it by necessity or just being creative finding a way to do things now during this tough time. In another example of making the best of a hard time, couples around the world have turned to virtual weddings to tie the knot. We found one Hawaii couple who did it in the presence of an online audience. Jacob, we're gonna start with you. And I just want you to repeat after me, are you ready? Ready. Jacob and Jessica Yates wanted to keep their wedding date despite the coronavirus crisis. So they asked their pastor how they could do it and keep guests from gathering. As soon as he said virtual wedding, we both thought about Zoom that we've been using from work perspective. So it worked out perfectly. Hi, Jessica. Take you, Jacob. Take you, Jacob. To be my husband. To be my husband. Since they're sheltering in place, the Eva Beach couple turned their living room into a chapel. Back in December, her and I built an A-frame, like, bookshelf, kind of. It looks really nice. And we had some stuff for the wedding that we were going to use, and we 
created a little mini altar. Zoom enabled more than 100 family members and friends to witness the Yates' wedding vows from their own homes. All of our brothers, all of our sisters, even our nieces and nephews were there as well, which was wonderful. Jessica, I give you this ring. As a symbol of our love. As a symbol of our love. I realized in the middle of the ceremony, I looked down, I was like, I'm still wearing my slippers. <laughs> they matched the, the whole getup, so it worked out. They say it was a little awkward at first. I will never forget it, and I have it recorded. It was a memorable way to say I do. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Jacob, you may now kiss your bride. It was so cute to see their living room. Uh, the way they set it up with candles, and uh, they created, uh, they made their own altar uh, that was in the background. And it was really pretty. I know you can't see it in the podcast, but it was really, really nicely done. Beautifully done, beautifully arranged, beautifully lit. Their family and friends had made reservations to come, so they had to cancel it all. Uh, so they are hoping to get everybody back together sometime in the future so they can have their wedding reception and do it here. When thinking of this new normal we are all living through, I wanted to end this episode with this. Author Vicki Harrison said, Grief is like the ocean. It comes on waves, ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm, and sometimes it's overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. Many thanks to writer-producer Jonathan Soppy, and thank you for listening to our podcast. I'm Jim Mendoza. We'll see you next time on Tell Me a Story.